if there's one thing that you could debunk about, you know, syndication, uh, maybe, you know, a myth or something that, that you hear once in a while, what do you think that would be? I would say that Welcome back, everyone, to the Passive Road to Retirement podcast. Today, I'm joined by Mark Kenny, who is a seasoned real estate investor, coach, two-time best-selling author, and the founder of Think Multifamily. Mark started his apartment career over 20 years ago as a side hustle while working 70 to 80-hour work weeks in the corporate world. He's purchased over 10,000 units in the past few years across nine states. He's frequently asked to speak at real estate events and has their desire to help others learn how to go bigger with apartment investing. In his first year of coaching, he helped others acquire 2,500 units worth over $180 million. His coaching style is no fluff, and he's very passionate about the results and providing unmatched service. Mark, thanks so much for coming on the show. I'm glad to have you on. Thanks for having me, Andrew. I appreciate it. Sure. So for those who are not familiar with you, maybe you could just give us you know, a brief background uh, on yourself as well. How you got into sure. family? Yeah, you're looking good, by the way. So, oh, thank uh, you. You as well. You as well. Get the <laughs> beer going, and then you mentioned you yeah. lost, uh, dropped a lot, a bunch of weight. So that's great. So good, oh, yeah. good to see you. Forty five pounds. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's 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 incredible, dude. So it didn't happen by accident, right? You had to yeah, exactly. Magic, so. That's right. <laughs> but uh, no, I, you know, I grew I grew up one of seven kids. I have identical twin brother. Grew up in Michigan. I'm in Dallas now. Uh, really didn't have much uh, growing up as far as we had a place to live and food, which is more than a lot of people in the world for sure, but really no extras. Anything extra you wanted, bike, shoes, whatever, you went and bought yourself, you know, pretty early, yeah. young age. <laughs> right. And uh, my brother and I, you know, twin brother and I are like, man, this kind of stinks. So pretty early in our lives, we said we're going to do something different. We didn't know what it was going to be. We thought we we're going to open like a shoe store or something like that because we liked sports and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then um, when we were in college, seniors, we said, well, we like real estate. We're both kind of analytical, kind of CPA background, things like that. We're like, you know, we can touch it, we can feel it. So we started looking at buying properties when we were like 21 years old, I guess. And uh, we got a property um, after a number of different tries, if you want to say, <laughs> and really didn't know what we were doing, but they were smaller. We were, we were buying two to four units. And then we both started working corporate world as well. It was, we were both CPAs and then End up doing IT consulting, IT business, things like that. But continue to buy smaller properties. And then when I had an IT business in 2013, it became one of those issues where you know, I, your boss is 70, 80 hours a week. My wife, I guess, kind of, Tamil kind of chuckles at that. She's like, that was like way under what you used to work, which is <laughs> probably true. Consistently, probably 90 plus hours a week. But, but either way, a lot of hours. Yeah. And it started causing issues um, with my wife, Tamil, you know, because I didn't really didn't have time and had projects all over the world. And so she's like, you need to do something different or else, essentially. So we're like, well, you like real estate. That's when we started buying uh, kind of larger properties, like 100 plus units. And we were investing passively as well uh, in deals at the time where um, I was working so much. I'm like, I don't have the bandwidth, which I didn't. Yeah. to really do much more. So I was investing passively in, in multifamily real estate as well. Okay. Wow, that's great. Now, how many, did you invest in a lot of passive deals or just um, a few? I invested, before I started syndicating, I'm trying to think, I, I invested, I know at least two Okay. Uh, passive deals, both uh, multifamily. Yeah. 
that's usually a good way to get started is kind of learn, you know, how, how things work right before you. Right. And I use my retirement money for it because it was one of those things where I had my own business. I had a SEP IRA. I'm like, what do I do with this? I, I hated the stock market. I used to the roller coaster and I'm not saying people can't do really well there, but I would, you know, I would get so stressed checking stocks 50 times a day, literally. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you don't make money or lose money unless you sell, but it still had a big impact on me stress wise. So I'm like, I like real estate. I was already buying it anyways. So I just I was able to buy larger properties through a syndication. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Now you've done obviously a lot of, a lot of deals. <laughs> uh, 10,000. Like I guess over 60 deals. Wow. That's yeah. incredible. So now you've, everyone usually has one deal that doesn't go, you know, how they thought or maybe a bad deal. Uh, Maybe you could just kind of, you know, explain, you know, if you've had something like that happen and kind of what you learned from it. I have, I have, unfortunately, you know, it's really the only deal we had this type of issue with, but uh, essentially I had a partner that I had already bought two deals with and they were doing, they were doing fine. So he was a general partner along with me and then he was a property manager. And then he owned another property already. Um, I was not involved in that. And one of his partners wanted to get out of the deal. So I syndicated the deal, got his partner out. Come to find out that, uh, you know, the CapEx wasn't going the way it should go. We believe there was, you know, money, money stolen, believe there was collusion with vendors about work that was done that wasn't really done. But two months after uh, I got involved in the deal, we did remove him, uh, my partner, as a property manager and also like reduces equity down and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. Fortunately, we had a board of directors, which allowed us to do that. That was good. It was. So um, it was, you know, four other people voting against him. And then once he was gone, almost immediately after he was gone, you know, I stepped into his role, if you want to say, and we started getting liens filed on the property, like a lot of them. And um, we had, one vendor in particular that had, I believe, over a thousand invoices they sent us. What? Uh, that were that were never recorded <laughs> on the books. So not on the books. People are like, well, how did you not know that? What well, wasn't recorded on the books? And if someone's in collusion saying, and these were from like 10, 11, 12 months before I even got involved in the property wow. at all. But it, it, my invoice might be for three hundred dollars, and says they they painted the interior. How can I possibly come back and combat that? I can't. Yeah, we hired our friends at accountant, did all these things, stress, got litigation, suing the partner. Yeah, he sued me personally for reducing his equity down, which is a little bit odd, but um, you know, went on for over a year and a half. You know, very, very unfortunately, you know, he um, he passed away during during that time, made things even worse, um, and it just was a complete cluster. And you know, frankly, it was the most stressful thing I've ever done ever related to business. Um, mm-hmm. endeavor. Two main lessons in my mind I learned from that, um, maybe three, I guess, but two main ones would be, I don't really want to have a partner that's also the property manager. So I don't want a general partner. I just don't. Now people can argue, hey, they have the best relationship that way, um, but I don't like it. Yeah. The other one is we bought his LLC. You know, we, we didn't buy it. We came into his existing LLC. Mm-hmm. Which means any of those liabilities I mentioned that were from you know up you know up to a year before I got involved, it didn't matter whether I was involved or not a year ago. They were tied to the LLC that he already had established for the property. So yeah, I would say always, always, always get a new LLC. I know people do this on a regular basis. They do it for tax purposes typically, so property taxes don't go up. Mm-hmm. 
and you could do it probably a hundred times and have no issues. I did it once and had an issue and never do it again. Um, So those are probably the two main ones. And the third one, which is, you know, really the communicating, I guess, with, uh, with the investors. And it was, you know, many of them were very understanding and we had a couple, you can imagine, right. I mean, Mm -hmm. people in that situation. Um, But I, I would say this, not a single investor could say that I didn't do, you know, that I did anything wrong. If you want to say integrity character wise, I also had to put, Mm-hmm. you know, um, or $400,000 of my money into it to kind of keep operations and then, you know, can't disclose all the other stuff. But when we end up settling in mediation, things like that, I mean, you know, I wanted to throw up in the, <laughs> I <laughs> yes. wanted to go away. It's like, a, it's a business decision. I need this to go away. It's a distraction yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, it's never going to go away. We can never prove some of this stuff because it happened so long ago and we we just can't prove it. So yeah. uh, that was my worst hope, you know, thankfully and in, Hopefully, never anything worse like than that happened in my lifetime again. Yeah, but that was my worst experience, and those are lessons learned. Well, that's quite an experience. So <laughs> it is like a movie, and you know, it got even worse. Like they all the you know the vendors part of the Korean mafia, and I'm not joking about yeah. that. And, <laughs> and I'm not, you know, this is like you, you can't make this stuff up. Yeah, but um, it just kind of got worse and worse as time went on. <laughs> wow, and now yeah. you use all third party management, right? We do. We yeah. do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Much, uh, much less headaches, I'm sure. <laughs> it is. I mean, they're, you have your own little issues here and there, but I just, I just didn't like the idea looking back at it that, you know, we tried to remove him and he didn't want to be removed. Right. And mm-hmm. we tried to reduce his equity down because in our mind, he, you know, he stole money. Right. Um, that would have been a lot easier if uh, the property manager was not part of the general partnership team. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oof, man, interesting. <laughs> yes. Now, um, you you know, what are you most excited about right now? There's a lot going on in multifamily, uh, a lot of deals coming through. You're you're closing a lot of deals. What's most exciting to you right now? And if anything, you know, what keeps you up at night? Yeah, it's most exciting to me. So we are doing it's so very active. Actually, have a closing today, which is good. It's the oh, largest close. Yeah, it's dang things. It's the largest closing <laughs> we're done. So wow. It's a huge deal. Um, you know, the most exciting thing for me really is when that person gets their first deal. You've done a lot of deals already, you yourself, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Andrew on your own, but a lot of people have not. Yeah. So for me to close a deal, yeah, it's great. And it really is. But um, when I see someone new come in and we've seen examples of people come in and like literally, you know, within a couple of years or whatever, um, young people too, like mid twenties and stuff. You know, so there's a webinar tonight with, uh, with a guy doing his third deal. He's 25 years old or 26 now, I guess. That's an Alabama. And, um, right? What's that? The one in Alabama, right? Exactly. Yeah. And exactly. And he, you know, um, some of these guys are able to quit their jobs, right? Yeah. Um, doesn't happen overnight, but to see that get their first deal and kind of get the excitement and then be able to get in a position where they can, kind of live life if you want to say on their own terms. It's not typically like where they're going to sit on the beach for, you know, for the rest <laughs> of their life. There's still work involved. Um, mm-hmm. There is. Um, and then as far as, you know, keep me up at night, you know, fortunately, um, you know, I've, I've been through a lot of people are like, how are you so calm all the time? How do you not get, you know, whatever. And, and uh, well, I'm like, un- unfortunately, I've been through a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mentioned that story, but when I, when I have IT business, People don't understand sometimes what people go through and it's fine. Yeah. Hopefully you don't have to, but when you're working literally, you know, 90 plus hours a week and you have projects that are 
a year long, you have to get, get done in six months and you have projects all over the world and you have people calling you, literally I have people in India and Australia and Switzerland and all of the US calling you literally 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, uh, that kept me up at night, yeah. <laughs> even though I always slept three hours a night, but it kept me up. But uh, now my biggest thing is really, um, you know, I, I lived that experience with my old partner and anything like that happening again is probably what keeps me up at night. If that was ever to happen again, in any form or fashion, mm-hmm. I will say that I, I do think, you know, we're, we're probably able to identify problems faster than we ever have been be able before doing a lot of transactions or be able to fix problems faster than we ever before. But it doesn't mean things can't happen. People are people. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, people at major, major corporations get away with, you know, theft and things like that for some period of time, maybe forever. Oh, yeah. So, um, you in the news all the time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, you know, people are like, how can that happen? You know, a multi billion dollar company. But I will say that um, that's the one thing is that, you know, a project that doesn't go successful mm-hmm. um, is probably keeping up the most at night. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And I saw, I saw on thinkmultifamily.com too, uh, the FSG group, the family syndication group, in the last 12 months has closed over 250 million and 4,300 units. So that's incredible. Yeah, we've been busy. And uh, that 12, so we, we wondered what was going to happen in 2021. Right. <laughs> that's probably through 20, the uh, December of 2020, my guess. Okay. That's that. Well, we did... Uh, six or seven deals, depending on how you count. We had a portfolio deal in the first quarter. And we're going to have about the same um, this quarter. Uh, so, you know, within the first half a year, we'll be over $50 million in equity, uh, just equity alone. Wow. And we'll be, you know, over likely over a dozen deals uh, closed. So it's a lot. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't happen by without people taking ma- major action. You know, fortunately, we have some good broker relationships. We're in a number of markets now. Uh, times are tough for sure. We're not always the highest bidder. So I would say, you know, 20% of the deals we get are deals that we lost originally. And then the first buyer couldn't perform. They come back to us and things like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you're not getting steals, steal of a deal out there typically right now. But you have to be very, very careful on your underwriting and things like that. Yeah. Which you're still being able to do. Um, in some cases, the returns are a little bit lower and investors are okay with that. And we've been able, we've literally been funding deals faster than we've ever funded deals ever. I mean, like very, very quickly, like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's money, just money running to multifamily because it has fared re- really well during COVID yeah. compared yeah. to a lot of other investments and people are, you know, um, looking for alternate investments. Yeah, very low delinquency rate on on multifamily versus like a you know retail or a hotel. hotel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. Crushed right now. So right now, you mentioned the underwriting. Uh, now you've got the the quick and dirty analysis, the property tour, and the smart apartment analyzer. Maybe you could kind of you know explain how you came up with those and how people can kind of best utilize those. Yeah, so the quick and dirty really was something we we developed because. At the time, when I first started out, I was getting tons and tons of deals. And at first, you're just getting a bunch of emails from brokers and you don't know what a deal is or isn't yet, right? Because mm-hmm. you know now we typically have brokers reach out to us and say, hey, this is a deal you look at, yeah. which allows us to have a lot higher success rate, which is great. Mm-hmm. But before it was like... As well. <laughs> exactly. Before you're getting like all these deals and I'm, I'm doing like a very detailed analysis on them and you get where you can do it pretty quick, but it still takes a lot of time. 
So I said, let's have kind of a quick analysis we can do. And really, it's just for a gut check to say, okay, if they're asking 10 million and I'm coming in at 7 million, I'm a quick and dirty analysis, you know, probably not going to work, right? Right. Yeah. But, you know, if I maybe 90% of asking price thereabouts, and they say, okay, let's look at it further. But within that app too, we have the property tour. And, and that was really where I was doing a lot of property tours <laughs> early on. And Tamil would go with me and we would leave and we do sometimes like three or four in a day. And we would leave and come home. We're like, uh, was that the property that had that? Or was the other property? Like literally, did they have a pool? Did it not have a pool? I mean, literally things like that. You're like, I don't even remember. Oh, yeah. So um, together like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> we came up with a you know little, little um, tool where you can run on your phone or computer. It doesn't really matter. But uh, 50 canned questions you can ask on a property tour. And then you can add your own questions and save it as a template and things like that. So just a way to kind of track it uh, that way. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the main thing behind it is you have the questions. Um, you can do it on a piece of paper if you want to. That's fine too. But the app lets you take pictures and put notes and things like that. Oh, and awesome. then the smart analyzer is the detail analyzer. And that was developed and uh, took a lot of time, unfortunately, and cost a lot of money to, to do it. But uh, the main thing was I use different analyzers. I've seen a lot of different analyzers and I always felt like they were lacking something like, hey, they can't phase in revenue over time. They can't phase in, you know, going back utilities over time. Well, just a lot of things just didn't do. Yeah. So we were like, let's do our own. And uh, I mean, we know a lot of the other ones out there. I personally think it's the best out there. I really do. Mm, I um, agree. Yeah. It just, it's just one of those things where you're buying a multi-million dollar deal. And I used to get, Analyzers sent to me other analyzers, and literally they're like notes all over the place. They're colored cells saying, "Oh, I changed this formula. I did this and that." I'm like, "You're you're buying a multi million dollar deal." And then what yeah. happened? People will will copy that as a template, right, and then use it on the next deal and have something <laughs> that they mess, messed up on, right? Yeah. And I've seen that like mm-hmm. way too many times. So we developed it where it does, you know, in our mind, probably does 99 percent of what we need to do. Yeah. Uh, probably yeah. never going to do 100 percent, just reality, but does 99 percent what we need to do. Um, and it accommodates a lot of different scenarios that the other analyzers don't. And it just gives a little more confidence in our ability, like, hey, yeah, we're underwriting it this, this way. And then we have uh, like 40, 40 plus, I guess, like checks we do and spits it out on a different tab for you to show you these are potential issues, not necessarily issues, but potential issues for you to look at. Mm-hmm. And these were all the things as I started learning initially, I'm like, man, I wish it would do this, this or that. So we said, well, let's just make it do all those things. And that's, that's what we uh, came up with. Yeah, no, I would agree. I mean, I've seen a lot of analyzers out there and yours is definitely the most comprehensive uh, <laughs> that I've seen and probably the easiest, one of the easiest to use as well. I mean, yeah, we try to do it where it's, you can do a higher level initially and then kind of just go in more and more detail that way, you know, um, yeah. you know, Even one like person, reno- go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, even the renovations, some of them don't phase them in. You know, it's just month number one, you accept, right. you know, the renovations, right. but you, you're which doesn't happen, oh, right? Just, Reality yeah. just doesn't happen that way. So that's where a lot of that used to always have to guess in other income or rent increases. And what does it look like in your one and two for increases in revenue? People just guess. Yeah. Um, so you don't want to guess when you're buying multi million dollar deals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So now you've, uh, you've got a lot of passive income set up now and our, our podcast, you know, is, is based on passive income. Uh, a lot of people want to know, like, what would be your top strategy for creating a passive income stream? 
Well, for me, I invest in other real estate outside of multifamily as well. Um, I only actively invest in in multifamily as far as like a sponsor and general partners and things like that. But uh, I just don't think there's any investment out there that's better than real estate. I just don't. Yeah. Um, has it gone down certain times? It has. It has always, always, always gone up mm-hmm. at some point in time. Higher, 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 no matter what. Yeah. Over the history of time, right? So people can argue all oh, went down a certain time. Well, maybe those cases, you're not necessarily making as much, but you're surviving. Okay. Yeah. yeah you want to make more money, but if you can survive those times, they usually don't last that long. Mm-hmm. But for me, I like the tangible assets I can touch and feel. Um, this makes a lot more sense to me. I like a multifamily for sure. And then I think getting in, understanding your investment goals and, and then being patient. So some people will be like, they just, they think they need to invest in the very first deal they see. And maybe it's a good deal for you. Maybe it is. Versus like saying, okay, you know, we've had people say, Hey, I'm getting ready to tire. I want cash flow. And we're doing a deal that's like literally like 0% occupied, <laughs> like no joke. We're not going to cash flow for like 18 months on that deal. So, yeah. you know, if you're expecting cash flow after, let's say, six months or so, just not going to be there. So understanding your investor criteria, sticking to that and mixing it up. Um, you know, the a 0% occupied building isn't something I want to do every deal either because they are riskier. They just mm-hmm. are. But maybe mixing in different types of deals. Maybe some are complete home runs and some are maybe singles and doubles, but being diversified that way. And then, uh, you know, like I said, I, I just I just like that you can touch and feel it. And I'm not saying there aren't other good investments out there. There are, but I, I've always loved real estate. And I think it's been probably one of the best investments, period, that you can put your money into. Oh, I agree. And like you said, the stock market makes you a little nervous. If uh, oh, boy. you have a fire on a property, at least you have insurance. There's exactly. no insurance on a stock. <laughs> I mean, the stock market to me is like some event happens, you know, 5,000 miles away, totally irrelevant to the industry and the whole stock market drops. I mean, yeah. what, what's going on? You know, I exactly. mean, someone does a tweet, someone sends a tweet out, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. the stock market <laughs> takes, a, takes a dive. It just, there's no logic in it. People can say, oh, well, you know, I made a lot of money on it, you know, in it. Good for you. But reality is to say there's actually a lot of logic in there, there's not. No, I totally agree. Real estate's more slow moving, but it's definitely more steady. You know? That's right. Mm-hmm. Now, also, there's uh, some advantages to real estate tax-wise, uh, you know, depreciation, um, especially with the new tax law changes. Do you have any any comments on that or maybe kind of explain to people, you know, what they could expect? On yeah, that? I mean, everyone's a little bit different situation. For me, when I did you know, IT business, I paid a lot in taxes. Mm-hmm. You know, I get to the end of the year. I didn't pay quarterly. I pay at the end of the year just when my CPA set it up. And um, I'd be like, I made how much money? <laughs> and I owe how much in taxes? Like, where'd all the money go? Right. And uh, I mean, it's crazy, right? Insane. And um, and they're only going to go up, unfortunately. They're only going to go up, right? <laughs> so we started investing in, in real estate. Uh, you know, we haven't paid any uh, federal income tax for for three years in a row, and and which is great. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, from depreciation being allocated. Uh, so you know, you have your regular depreciation that most people are aware of. You depreciate the property and then you have other things like cost segregation and bonus depreciation. And just think of them as ways to accelerate the depreciation into the earlier years. So, you know, people ask for a number, like what percent can I get? Uh, it's going to vary significantly. I'll give you some, you know, very broad ranges, but, mm-hmm. you know, let's say, for example, you put 
$100,000 into a deal. Well, typically you probably expect at least 40% of that being allocated in year one to you. So $40,000 depreciation allocated to you. And, and some people are like, well, that's really good. Other people are like, well, that's low. Well, yeah, we just closed the deal. We're closing days 155% wow. year one, literally 155% year one. You put 100,000 in, get $155,000 in, in depreciation. Now, you know, your each person's tax situation is different when you can use that, when you can't use it, but you don't lose it. Yeah. Um, and that one, the extreme I mentioned there, that's more in a private equity situation where private equity companies can't use depreciation. So it gets allocated to limited partners. And so it's a little bit unique. Um, we've done that twice so far like that. Both have been 100 plus percent. So uh, that's really good, right? Especially yeah, we've had people really where if you become a real estate professional and some people can, some people can't, that's mm -hmm. where you can really get to where you, you get all of zero, <laughs> zero in taxes, right? Yeah, exactly. Which is the goal, you know, for a lot of people. Right, right. <laughs> now, um, if there's one thing that you could debunk about, you know, syndication, uh, maybe, you know, a myth or something that, that you hear once in a while, what do you think that would be? I would say that people probably think it's easier than it is. Mm -hmm. I think almost every, well, probably without fail, someone that's done a deal would say, there, there's a lot more involved than I thought. Yeah. Um, I would say it's not harder. Like some people make it seem like it's so hard, right? I don't think it's hard. I really don't. I think it's just new for people. Mm -hmm. Right. I think the number of steps and even like with a lender, the number of steps you have for a multifamily versus a home residential loan is there, I mean, significantly different. So I would just say that it's not easy and some people act like it's easy, mm -hmm. but I also would say the reverse. It's not necessarily hard. It's just some of it's taking the action, understanding what you're looking for. And some of it's a little bit luck. Maybe you're the right place, right time. You have to talk to a broker, you're doing a property tour. They have another deal that's going to come on the market, sure. you know, things like that. But mm -hmm. uh, to say that just anybody can do it, um, and you know, it's, it's kind of easy and fast. I would say that's, that's not true. Um, yeah. we have very, very high success rate, but it's not hundred percent. I wish mm -hmm. it was, but it's not. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, um, I think we had like 87% of people that got in general partnership and in, in six months or less, which is super, super high. Yeah, it is. You know, yeah. starting, I'm like, Hey, I want to be hundred percent. I've come to the conclusion. You know what? It's never going to be hundred percent. I wish it was, but it's not. 87% mm -hmm. is very high though, to get a GP position right off the bat. It is. It is. And it's really more the, you know, as you know, too, the, the culture that people have and the kind of more the family environment, people willing to bring other people on to help them on deals and things like that. But um, that makes it easier uh, for sure. Mm -hmm. But it, there's just a, there are a lot of steps involved in it. And some of the guys would be like, you know, gurus or whatever, you know, 90 days or less, get your so first deal. And we have people, <laughs> yeah, we've literally had people within two weeks, I'm not joking, get a deal. Okay, well, that's not the norm. No. Um, we have people, you know, two months or less get deals. But again, that's not the norm. So if you set these unrealistic expectations, then you get to that point in time and you're not successful yet, then you're like, I'm going to give up. I mean, Tamil and I almost gave up. We spent a year trying to find our first deal. And there were a lot of reasons. You know, I was I was really, really busy. And we were also, yeah, I mean, and we were looking at other things like maybe buying a franchise and we we're going to do custom home development, subdivision, all these other things we're looking at. So we're distracted. Yeah. But I saw all the people getting deals and I'm like, hmm, 
you know, I mean, it seemed like we should have a deal by now. And we didn't. Mm-hmm. So we were very, very close uh, to giving up. So if someone told me I should have my deal in three months and it took me a year to get it, I'm like, <laughs> I probably would have given up. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think you see that a lot too. Mm-hmm. You do. It's just being patient, having the grit. Um, it's like, you know, with your, you lost 45 pounds, right? If someone yeah. says you're going to lose 45 pounds, Andrew, in two weeks, and you get to two weeks, you only lost three pounds. You'd be like, hmm, might as well just stop. Yeah. But you stick with it, right? For several months, like you've been doing, right? Six months, whatever you've been doing, 45 pounds is incredible. But it's not, it didn't just happen, right? right? You, had to, you had to take action. And that's where some people, for whatever reason, will never take action, which is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But we try to give an environment, provide an environment people are, or put in a position where they can participate, you know, in a fractional piece, basically, and get that like, real life experience. Yeah. And it really comes down to your mindset, too, which is, you know, kind of what I think you're saying is really you have to keep, you know, just make sure you're really, you know, looking to, I don't know how to describe it, I guess, here, but really just, uh, you know, keep positive and right. pushing forward, make sure that you're not letting negative thoughts come into your mind. Um, oh, yeah. You know, do you That's have any? Sure. You have any daily habits that you do to help keep your mindset? Uh, well, for me, I mean, you know, to the, I mean, I, I work out and that is literally my mental break. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how I start the day out. Um, and that's where I might still be on my phone doing certain things, but I'm, I'm there mentally working out and it, it's some people I hate it. Um, <laughs> I, I do like it for whatever reason. I think it's because it gives me that mental break. Yeah. Um, that's probably my one. And then the other one would be, it would be extremely rare if ever, where if either you, if you send me an email, text, phone, whatever it might be, um, I always get back with people the same day. Yeah. No matter what. Usually like within a half an hour. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it may be, Hey, I'm tied up. I'll get with you, whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. an hour it might be. Um, but I, yeah, I don't, I don't not respond to people because I know sometimes some things people think are big deals too. And I might look at it and go, that's like, that's really minor. Yeah. But for someone doing like a first deal or someone just getting started, it is a big deal to them. Mm-hmm. So I'll make sure no matter what I'm getting back with people um, within, within the same day. Yeah. I know it's impressive because I've, you know, you've never not got back to me and you have a lot of people, you know, reaching out to you. So it's, you know, yeah. pretty impressive how fast. I think that's kind of my IT days <laughs> where I didn't have a choice. It was, yeah, true. Always just system was going down or whatever it might be. And mm-hmm. I used to tell, you know, I'd get called at four o'clock in the morning or whatever and literally be like, hello. Like you wouldn't <laughs> even know I was, I, mean, I wasn't sleeping very soundly anyways, but you wouldn't even know I was in bed yeah. at all because it yeah. was just a normal reaction, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Oh my God, I got one more question, then we'll get into our five to thrive section. Uh, if you could step into my shoes for the interview here, what question would you ask yourself that I did not ask you? Um, I would say maybe um, what has maybe changed over the span of what I've done, I guess, if you want to say so. And that's going to that's going to vary per person. It's going to vary probably, you know, life events, your age and things like that. But if I look at where I am now and I have a strong, strong desire to help other people become successful and a strong desire to help people less fortunate, you know, sex traffic industry or the, you know, orphan orphanages and things like that. Mm -hmm. 
20 years ago, I don't know. I, I would have said, I'm, I, I'm too, that's a distraction, frankly. I really wouldn't have been. I was so busy, right? Mm-hmm. So I think getting to the point where whatever success looks like to you, um, it, it's okay to be financially, you know, that financially part of that for sure. But at some point in time, I think you need to let's say, okay, what type of, you know, significance am I going to have when I leave? You know, um, I just had a pretty significant birthday and then my, my dad passed away a few months ago too. So I've had a lot of reflection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks. I mean, it's, you know, um, it's made me think a lot more. It's, it's been, um, less than three months, I guess. And, uh, it's made me think a lot more about my life and what, you know, and, and what I want to be known for. Someone gave an example, uh, the other day they were given a talk and they asked, you know, what were your grandparents' names and people's, you know, throughout the mosque, what were your great grandparents' names? Huh. And basically nobody knew. Yeah. I can't. And wh- what did they do for a living? Where do they live? Where do they work? Oh, whatever it might be. And they're like, so they're like, you're going to be forgotten. Yeah, that's right. a good point. And, it won't, and, and, and pretty quickly forgotten, yeah. <laughs> if you want to say, right? <laughs> that's not You're that only long. here for a short period of time, right? So mm-hmm. I think um, putting that in perspective and, you know, your goals don't have to be the same as mine, but um, you do need to try to find some sort of significance in my mind. And hopefully that involves giving back either your time, financially, whatever it might be to other people less fortunate. Um, but that, like I said, you know, if you would ask me when I was 20 years old, I would have had a completely different perspective on that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the Tony Robbins six human needs, right? Is, uh, giving back. So, and yes. I believe you can see all the charity on your website, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Some of these we've been supporting for, um, by 20 years. Oh, wow. So, oh, that's awesome. Now, if people want to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? I just email me. It's Mark, M-A-R-K at thinkmultifamily.com. Okay. Now, here's our five to thrive section. So it's uh, basically five words or phrase. I'm just going to rattle off and just give me the first word or phrase that comes to your mind. But the only thing is you cannot repeat your answer. Okay. I right. told you, you might have to edit this. We'll see. I know, right? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> All right, here we go. First one, investing. Patience. Freedom. Time. Your first syndication. Easier than I thought. Mm-hmm. Passion. Fitness. <laughs> and think multifamily. Help others. Love it. Well, Mark, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thanks so much for being here. And it was great to see you. You too. And hopefully you're going to see you here in about a week or so. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. Yeah, on the beach, be a nice little uh, getaway. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you, Andrew. I appreciate (laughs) it. Yeah, thanks, Mark.